You can't say that on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Hello, you're on the air. HWA Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, HWA Radio here. Uh, coming at you with episode 37. Keeps it rolling on. Joining me as always is good old CR. Pleasure to be here, Keys. Good to, good to talk to you again. And uh, I want to point out that anybody who is a problem with constipation, go ahead and drink a 34 ounce of iced uh, coffee that's been brewing for 48 hours. Yeah, that'll clean you right out. That's a public service announcement here, starting things off. Anyway, uh, enough of that. Let's go ahead and uh, kick kick things off with the power rankings. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> Maybe not for long, because he's got a he's got a challenge coming up. Oh, for God's sake! I just can't believe I have to keep saying this. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! Well, this week's power rankings uh, brought to you by Colon Blue. <laughs> five thousand times. Five thousand exactly. times the fiber of regular cereals. Exactly. Uh, number one, your Horseman World Champion, Maxi Pad. <clears throat> number two, the Inner Horseman Champion, Corporal Punishment. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> number three, the Horseman Television Champion, The Bandit. But we have good news about that, so we'll get to that later. Oh, okay. Uh, and number four, the Steel Sultan, holding steady, looking for somebody to beat up. Uh, number five is Katungi. Number six, Big Dick Gazinia. Then we have a little bit of movement here and there. We got uh, the snowman moving up number one to seven. Fuzz Pigman moves up uh, two spots as he is the number one contender for the uh, world heavyweight title. Which the world heavyweight and, uh, title is held by who? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't have to say it. Number, I'm just fucking with you. No, number nine is the Gimp. Ooh. And number 10 is Sabu. Sabu returning from after some vacation there is, uh, is showing that uh, even time off hasn't, hasn't made him weary. We're out of that. Well, he had a, you know, we always say the board uh, places an emphasis on the men that have been in the ring recently. And uh, he came back with a vengeance and uh, poor Gluteus Maximus uh, got his Gluteus Maximus kicked. <laughs> well, more or less. But uh, for and, the, uh, oh, the women? Yeah, the women's power rankings uh, falling out of the uh, the top 10 for the men, by the way. Uh, Redneck Rufus and Bones McIntyre, who we haven't seen for a while. So okay. I'm sure if they, uh, if they get in the ring uh, eventually and beat somebody, I'm sure they can break in there. Now, the women's rankings, uh, not much uh, changement. Uh, changement. Changement. Is that a word? <laughs> not much changement. I like it. Not many changes or any movement. How's that? There you go. I just had a movement before we went on the air. <laughs> a lot of bowel talk on this one. <clears throat> uh, number one, Moyer, women's world champion, Morning Glory Hole. Uh, number two, the uh, goddamn Godzilla national champion, Geisha Genji. Mm -hmm. Moving up to number three, the number one contender for Morning Glory Hole's title, Maggie Skookumchuk. Fucking <laughs> ass herself. Fucking ass. Uh, she goes, uh, she's up two. Lucy Fur drops one behind uh, Maggie at number four. Number five, uh, after her shocking victory. Over uh, Katie Bang, the mm -hmm. old pro, Brandy Alexander breaks in at number five. Yeah, and Katie Bang, who uh, I guess Aaron's going to be making an announcement on that soon. You'll be able to catch that on the Facebook page, uh, Facebook HWA community. Look it up. You can find us. And uh, we have returned with the HWA tunes. So uh, they'll be presenting various viewpoints and opinions and all, ki all kinds of other stuff like that there. So with that. Time to move on uh, to the recap of the show, and uh, we'll go ahead and kick that off with Brandy Alexander versus Katie Bang. Now, this is a rematch of a previous battle. 
uh, where we see the eldest woman in the HWA. You can call her eldest. She's so rather young looking. Uh, but she's going up against the newest. And the last time around, we saw the goddamn Godzilla, otherwise known as Geisha Genji, come in and just lay out Katie Bang. Uh, this time around, the playing field was a little more level, but Katie still had to be looking over her shoulder the whole time. I call it PSD, PSD. Uh, PTSD, whatever you will. Uh, but uh, yeah, Katie, Katie was very nervous going into this match. Well, she hasn't had much success as of late. Uh, she's been struggling. Uh, apparently, some problem with either her depth perception or her balance because she's had a lot of trouble uh, hitting, her, hitting her moves. That's right. And uh, well, yeah, I'm, I, hey, if I was attacked by Godzilla, I'd be looking over my shoulder too. Yeah, <laughs> just look for the Japanese people going, oh, yeah, 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 and throwing away. Watch the buses being thrown around. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> Well, uh, let's talk about Brandy. She doesn't have a signature move per se, but we did see her with a go-to move, which is the pump handle whip suplex. Maybe she'll come up with a name for it. It seems to be suiting her quite well. A very high impact. And Katie has already taken a, a pounding up, up to this point. Uh, we st- see the start of the pin, but then all of a sudden you have Kelly up on the apron distracting Rue, uh, Kang- Kangaroo Jones. Uh, kind of unexpected from, well, I don't know if you call them a noble stable, but, uh, I guess they're trying to uh, do it that way, but, uh, good or bad, I mean, you play the game as best you can. If, if whether it's dirty or not, it's it, just a smart move by Kelly. Well, I'll say one thing to start this off. I'll say one thing about Brandy. She's a fine girl. <laughs> what, what a good wife she would be. <laughs> well, it is the traditional spelling for those of you Frasier and, uh, fans. <laughs> and, and of course, uh, talking, uh, about, uh, Kelly Boom's antics, uh, they don't surprise me a bit. Uh, after all, she was mentored by the megalomaniac and, uh. He can claim to be as clean as he wants. He's about as clean as pig pen on the peanuts. <laughs> a little dust cloud around him the whole time. Hey, you ain't shitting. <laughs> well, we get to the end of the match here, and uh, Katie starts to rally. You see her start, starting to pump up, starting to get some moves in there, gets ready for that powerful dynamite DDT, uh, takes to the air, and once again misses the target. Now, uh, there's a couple of high-impact moves, and Katie is pinned uh, naturally. But the big question is, uh, how much more can Katie take? And the answer to that, lies only with Aaron. Now, we've talked about this. Uh, I, I've spoken to him, and he will be making an announcement. You'll see that, as we mentioned, on the HWA tunes. Uh, but even though we don't have any official word yet, you have to believe that Aaron's going to pull Katie from competition. This pro- poor girl has numerous concussions, and it just as it comes a time, then you say, enough is enough. Yeah, I don't know if it's a concussion. It could be, you know, uh, if you have a problem with your inner ear, uh, that messes up your balance as well. But uh, certainly seems to be off. Uh, maybe she just needs to wear some contact. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm at a loss. So this has been a recurring theme. And I will tell you, I mean, I can't see any manager letting a, 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 a competitor go out there if they know that they're injured or they know there's a problem. So uh, I would have to say uh, Aaron's going to have to get her to uh, get her to the doctor, get her checked out. And uh, I hope her career's not over. She's been a heck of a competitor, but uh, sometimes uh, discretion is the better part of valor. Well, she does probably know just as much as any woman in the HWA, probably more than most. Uh, so I would think uh, if, if he's if he is going to keep her around, maybe put her in a management position. I think she'd be uh, quite an asset to her. Aaron, of course, can't uh, not allowed to be at the ringside for the women. So, and uh, Kelly Boom, I mean, her, she's she's starting to find her her, her chops and everything. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe we see Katie as a, as a manager coming up. We'll have to find out. No, it's up to the megalomaniac. <laughs> it is. Uh, after that, we had the, uh, well, it's the rubber duck, of course. This time, this time going up against Boofu the Clown, the Gimp, and Fuzz Pigmation. Pig, Fuzz Pigmation. All sorts of great words were coming up. Fuzz Pigman. Uh, in what is called the, the dreaded, the HWA original, the Punish Match. Uh, for those of you who haven't uh, seen or forgot the basics of the Punish Match, it is a 10-minute handicap match. Uh, the team with the most pins after 10 minutes is declared the winner. But, uh, Sierra, you and I know what this match is about. It's it's right in the name, Punish. All right? Aaron Varhola went through it, and now the duck. It's a grueling ordeal. Well-deserved, but grueling. 
Absolutely for for the duck. Well, you got to get these cheating bastards one way or another. I don't feel a bit sorry for them. You know, good, good. I will tell you that I was I was very disappointed in this match. It was a little disappointing because yeah, we're, you know what? Let's go ahead and uh, talk about that. There was a uh, was this where's that note? Okay, yeah, my thing started out with Bufu. Uh, you got a lot of back and forth at this point. It's not a tornado match, so it's it's still one on one for the most part. But after Bufu softens the duck or tenderizes him, as the case may be, make him very crispy, uh, Peking duck, uh, in comes the gimp. Now, while I can see the duck is better as an all-around wrestler, there was a big mistake on his part. And that was when he, he, did, the, he did the one move and he spanked the gimp. That, that just got him all riled up and essentially led to the first pin after an ass whipping. Now, uh, the gimp was responsible uh, for the first and only pin of the match. But uh, regardless, uh, good, good to see the gimp uh, taking, taking initiative here. Yeah, slapping the gimp on the ass, that's like uh, giving an alcoholic a bottle of booze, for God's sake. <laughs> I got, well, and there was a, you know, the, I don't know what the hell you call it, but, you know, when the duck got the upper hand, he started doing that wacky, crazy duck dance, flipping around like an idiot in there, or whirling dervish. And, he's, uh, he's got some serious mental problems. It just it, Every once in a while, I don't know if, he, if it's like he, he thinks a swarm of bees is attacking him, or what the fuck that is. I have no idea. That's like Ricky Bobby thinking he's on fire, running out of the car, stripping all his clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah but that, that cost him some precious time and uh I, I got another point to make but i'll wait till we, we we wrap this up yeah let's go ahead and do that i mean we're but basically it's the elephant in the room let's let's set this up the gimp and the duck are still waiting on each other or so, so, sorry not waiting wailing on each other my brain is off today uh the duck pulls out the feather duster uh, complete with a fart by the way just <laughs> so, so foul uh gimp shakes that off and gives the duck another ass whipping. Then there's a tag opportunity, and instead of going with the tag with Fuzz, Gimp tags Bufu back in. Now, that's immediately followed by a double drop, drop kick. It's a beautiful move, uh, for sure, and definitely planned, so the, you, know, you, you need to, you, you got to plan ahead of time. But the question is, was Bufu and the Gimp, were they intentionally leaving Fuzz out of the mix? And if so, to what end did, do you think that could have been for? Well, I have no idea, and that was my main uh, point of contention was that you know, this was a punishment match and a revenge type of a match. And the man that the duck cheated out of the title never got a chance to get in the ring with him and exact some uh, revenge. I guess in, in one, in, on one hand, it's, it was unfortunate, but maybe on the other hand, you know, Fuzz is just uh, saving up all that aggression and pent up frustration for when they actually uh, mix it up one-on-one for the title. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Since the alignment, I mean, it, it's not to say that everybody in in the bad stables are partners with each other because naturally they're going to come into competition with each other occasionally. But uh, yeah, if, if you want to see, uh, so, so it's sort of like the pro game, the AFC versus the NFC. Sure, you're going, you're standing side by side with teams that have been your rival all year. But at, at that point, you're teamed together. You're working for a common goal and uh i guess fuzz if he gets a chance at the belt certainly all the bad guys are going to be rooting for him so that might have been the situation they're just letting them let that aggression build up yeah i don't know i really don't, i don't know i couldn't know what to make of it either that or just <laughs> maybe they were it was just for that one move who knows those two guys are just they're not right upstairs anyway let's move on to well, the tag. Let's not, i mean let's, let's not forget that they they were a tag. T- wasn't they? They were funny business, weren't they? They were. They were good together. Well, they weren't successful maybe they were, together. Maybe it was just an oversight. They were so used to just tagging each other. They forgot there was another guy out there. I mean, they're not too bright, you know. Well, in, in the end, they were all cheering for each, each other. They were slapping hands and asses and everything like that at the end. So uh, good to see good teamwork, even if uh, everybody didn't get a get, didn't get their uh, hot dog in the fire, so to speak. That's about, I should have said marshmallow. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just going to move on before I take myself further. Uh, we're talking about the tag team championship match. Now you had the bang bang. My hot dog in the fire once. I didn't know she had chlamydia. <laughs> Got it burned for a week. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a it's a strange tingling. It's a, I'm not no 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 no. Uh, let's that with Bang Gang versus Stone Cold Crazy. This was another of those matches where alignment mates had to go at each other. I just mentioned that. Uh, so every once in a while, this does happen. Uh, to set this up, though, the Bang Gang was given a choice. Now the commission went to them and they said, uh, "You can either take a bye and wait for a rival team uh, of, of the opposite side of the alignment holding the belts." Or they can wrestle. And they chose to wrestle. And patience is a tough thing to come by in, in wrestling. And I probably would have done the same. Uh, but do you think that was the right choice for them at this point? Oh, I think you're never going to turn down a title shot. Loyalties aside, business is business. Everybody wants to be a champion. So, uh, you know, you're not going to turn that down. Yeah. It's, like I say, they could have waited. But uh, it, it, waiting, it, this, this could stay with Stone Cold Crazy for quite a long time. So that was a good idea. I, I think it's it fair enough for, to see them doing that. Uh, it was definitely a case of lopsided tagging. As we normally mention here, we'd like to talk about the tags. Uh, Stone Cold Crazy was continually swapping in and out where the Bang Gang's tags were, let's just say, few and far between. Now, not so much about this match, but I was thinking about this, and I wanted to ask you. Uh, in a tag match generally, what is the difference? Uh, because if you're, if you're constantly tagging, you have an equal expenditure of energy uh, in, in short tags. Um, but you don't really get a chance. Neither, neither partner gets a chance to go back to 100%. On the other side, you have a partner that lets the battery run down to near empty, and you tag, and the guy comes in, he's 100%. Going up against guys who are less than 100%. Now, is there any logic to that, or am I, am I overlooking something? Well, no, there's no logic to it. Uh, in my opinion, the more you tag, the fresher you stay. You know, you're only in there for a few minutes. The, the, the key to winning in a, all successful tag teams is quick tagging, setting your opponent up, keeping them, you know, cutting the ring in half, keeping them on your side of the ring. Anytime you can do that, it gives you the advantage and it gives you a better chance of winning. And I think that you you look at the more experienced tag teams and the, and the tag teams that uh, have the most success, they are the ones that tag the most. Okay. And um, I mean, to your point, yeah, you know, let your guy get the shit beat out of him until he's, you know, limping over there. And then you come in like a house of fire. But guess what? You know, if something crazy happens and then you got to go tag him, well, if he's down to zero, it's going to take him a lot longer to get back to 100% than the guy that might be at 80% and then tags out. So I, I think that the, the quick tags and, like I said, cutting, cutting that ring in half and keeping them in your side of the ring and I think that just is, is the key to see. You, you look at all the great tag teams and that's what they do. There you go, folks. Uh, the kids, as, as we just proved, math is useless. Tell your teacher to go fuck them. No, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't blame me for it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it just doesn't apply in this, uh, this, this role. Well, as I mentioned in the cast, uh, to be the best, you need to beat the best. I, I've stolen that. It's an old adage, but uh, certainly an apt one. Uh, yeah, with El Loco, I have putting that muy caliente on Timmy. Now, is it was just a matter that the Bang Gang, uh, <clears throat> it's it. They were an exceptional team, but they just aren't good enough to wear the crown again. And Stone Cold Crazy, you look at them. I mean, right now, they remind me of Sabu when he had the television championship, and he held that for like six consecutive bouts. It was like it was like four months. Uh, now, when you you're not, you're the next team going up against Stone Cold Crazy, is there a crack in the stone? And how do you how do you find it if you're the next team in line? Well, they function very well as a tag team, and, and they've been doing this for a long time, and. Uh, you know, for a while they weren't together. They were on this the single circuit, and now uh, you put them back together, and they're they're just hold. You know, they are former tag team champions. They know what it takes to hold on to this title. They know what it takes to uh, to, to to climb that mountain. And, and I, I mean, hey, there's there's chinks in every armor, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, and there, there's a, there's a, there's a crack in every sidewalk. And I'll tell you what, you know, I think the key if you're going to beat these guys, you have to wrestle their type of match. You have to do the quick tags, keep them on your side. You cannot let them hit whatever the hell their finisher is called, where they're jumping around like a bunch of jackasses. The asylum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they belong in asylum along with their manager. But <laughs> you know, you got to keep yourself out of harm's way. And I think the key to this would be as crazy as it sounds. 
I think you need to really concentrate on wearing down El Loco. Uh, Fritz von Stone's a very big, powerful man. El Loco, you know, he's more the luchador, the high flyer, the smaller guy. I think if you can keep him in the ring most of the time and, and do most of the damage to him, that that's the key. I, th- I think that's how you're going to beat them. El Loco is like that little mighty dog. The little Scotty dog is just, <laughs> he thinks he's a, a Great Dane or a Rottweiler or something like that. And he just runs around like crazy. If you, if you defeat him, I would agree that, uh, yeah, you're going to take the team out at the, at the, weak, at the strongest link, actually. Um, after that, well, they, naturally, they're going to be going up against... Do we know who's going... No, we don't know who they're going up against just yet. Um, let's move on, in that case, to the Extreme Rules match. Now, this was Sabu and Gluteus Maximus. Uh, as we were speaking of Sabu just a moment ago, uh, we have a matchup against a, a young wrestler uh, between the more experienced, when now they're the most experienced, I would say, now that Pedro's gone. And uh, this, was a, this was set up at the request of the young one, Gluteus Maximus. The reason behind that is he wanted to test himself. He's coming off an excellent performance against Bones McIntyre. You saw that. It was absolutely brutal pounding both ways. Uh, he just came up a little short. Confidence is high, though. Uh, but to me, at that, that's like the extreme workout. Like going up against Sabu, it's like, you don't remember the workout, that whatever they call them, the suicide workout where people bring themselves half to death just so they can have a better physique? Some swear by that. Some like me, on the other hand, think it's fucking ludicrous. But uh, if you're the Admiral, do you encourage this plan or do you try to tuck Ludius off the ledge? Well, I mean, when you're a young wrestler, I think you always want to measure yourself against the best. And I think that what it does is it tells you what you need to work on and how close you are to actually getting over that hump to being the Chiefs. Max Smith looks like he was going to win this match. But, uh, you know, in the end, it was the power and it was the KG veteran and, and you know, Sabu. And I think once uh, once Gluteus got bloodied, I think that that, uh, that that changed the entire match. Sabu was able to take control from there. He was able to hit his finishers. And, uh, you know, he's a big, big man. And, uh, you know, when he's dropping you on your head like that, it's it's a lot of weight coming down. It's a lot of power. And it takes a lot to, to, to get up from that. But, but no, if I'm the Admiral, hey, I encourage you to hey, go out there. The only way, you got to get the experience. Go against the best. It rubs off on you. Eventually, you'll be wearing a strap. That's right. Uh, yeah, I will definitely agree that uh, th- there was a con. I-, I had a confidence in Gluteus. Uh, he hit those C sections. You could see the agony in Sabu's face. He just nailed that so good right in that se- that uh, oblique. I guess you call that. Uh, then on the outside. Yet Sabu's head, taking a pounding off of damn near everything, off the apron, off the barricade, hit the stairs a couple times, I think. Uh, if, if you're going to use the term auspicious, I don't think it would be any more appropriate than it was here for Gluteus. Well, you know, it was what he, like I said, he took it to him. But I, I think that the main mistake that Gluteus Maximus made in this match was most of his offense was outside of the ring. And you, you can't win the match outside the ring. Yeah, you got to pin the man inside. And, uh, and it, it, it was like, uh, you know, these guys in these in these extreme rules matches, I mean, they just uh, you see stuff brought in, nobody ever uses it. They may, I mean, they may as well just call it a regular old match. Somebody brings a table in, somebody throws in a goddamn ladder or whatever. They're, they're just nuts. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> that that was truly a battle to behold. Uh, yeah, both guys taking a pounding. Sabu, he cluttered the ring up with a ladder and a table. I'm surprised he didn't bring a chair and make it a TLC match. Uh, but uh, he was throwing everything at Gluteus, and he kept coming back. Uh, that was until that Sabu pulled that Empire Driver on the floor. And that wasn't the blooding move. Uh, I think it was he ramming his, his head off the apron that took that. But, uh, yeah, Sabu just all over him, pancaking, ramming off the post. Uh, and then, of course, a rope-assisted pin. Uh, and uh, that was it. That was all it was for Gluteus. But another loss aside, you have to think that Gluteus is just microns away from a win. I mean, when you're going up against a a big guy like Sabu, one of the best in the industry, one of the most experienced, uh, he's got to be right at the edge of victory. Like I said, you know, he's taking the baby steps. Uh, Great loss against, or great uh, showing against Bones McIntyre, an impressive showing here against uh, Sabu. 
And I'll tell you what, you know, uh, Sabu, he pulled out the old uh, putting the feet on the ropes to get the pin. Mm -hmm. uh, Might have showed he was a little bit worried. Maybe he felt like if he couldn't put this guy away quick that he was, he, he was uh, you know, victory was slipping from his grasps, grasp, grasp. So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it's not, it's just a matter of time. A few more matches. I think uh, probably the next time he gets a shot at title, I would look for Gluteus Maximus to have some success. Yeah, coming to the, with the, come up on that television title, possibly. We'll see him. <laughs> and uh, speaking of the television title, let's talk about Vivacious Vic Volger and the Bandit. Uh, we come to the main event. Not a tremendous one uh, in comparison to something like a Snowman and Corporal type epic that you have, uh, but a nice matchup nonetheless. Uh, this one had a little extra flavor. And uh, the, one, the one that had us both wondering, that was the Roadhouse Rules match. This is a brand new thing. Uh, I hadn't heard of it before before this, and uh, it's an extreme rules match, basically, uh, but it has a zero-tolerance policy on interference. And this was requested by the Bandit. That's a uh, champion's prerogative. Uh, and... Yeah. I had a feeling that Bandit had overheard a plan for Fugu to pull off some chicanery, uh, maybe. But when you when you heard about this, what did you think Bandit's motivations were for empl employing this rule set? I have no idea. I know what his motivation is for anything he does. <laughs> I don't know what his motivation is for having that goofy mustache. I don't know what his motivation is for his little gyrating, ass-shaking, whatever the hell he does when he gets in the ring. But I will tell you, uh, you know. Hey, like you said, the champion's prerogative. Maybe he did. Maybe he heard some, something was in. The fix was in or something was going to go on. Or maybe he thought I was going to run down the ringside and waffle him with a chair or something. I don't know. <laughs> I would not be surprised to see that actually sometimes. Oh, uh, let me tell you, as much as I would love to, I don't want to end up in another situation like the rubber duck. Yeah, yeah probably stay away from that. Um, let's talk about the action itself. I think, I think Vic might've gotten a move on bandit, possibly two. There couldn't have been much more than that though. This was an all out assault on Vic by bandit. Once the battle went outside the ring, it was doomsday. Vic pulled out a chair and which in retrospect was an enormous mistake on his part. Uh, first bandit gives the Vic a hanging suplex all over it. The entire body hits it. Then he hits the eastbound and down face first into the chair. He didn't pick up the chair, but he used it as a weapon awful lot. Uh, I've never seen a head explode in a bloody mess like it did with that eastbound and down. He continued the beating until finally Vic rolling back in the ring had a much needed pin. At, at that point, if I was Vic, I'd be like, fuck it, just pin me. Let's get this over with. Uh, and unless you happen to, to really detest Vic for whatever reasons, this was just a difficult match to watch for him. I felt I felt for him. I really did. Well, it was difficult for me to watch because the goddamn bandit won. <laughs> yes, I know that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I was very disappointed. I was expected a, uh, the, the mistake that Vic made in this match was he sank to the bandit's level. Mm. And what I mean by that was he let it break down into a brawl instead of a wrestling match. That's what the bandit's good at. And I think that if he keeps it as a wrestling match, you keep it inside the ring. If you keep the weapons out of it, you, you know, you keep it in, inside and you, 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 on the mat. Excuse me, you have a chance. But Vic tried to turn it in, and he played right into the bandit's hand. Because what do I always say about the bandit? He's a brawler. He's a high-impact guy. He's not a wrestler. Mm -hmm. And if you let him drag you into a brawl, you're not going to have success. And that's exactly what he did. And Vic being the youngster that he is, and, you know, I, I just think uh, if he had to do it all over again, I think he'd try to keep things inside the ring and keep it more of a scientific match than an all-out brawl that it turned into. Yeah, he's got that uh, the taint, nothing but a thing, where he basically rubs his taint in your face. It's kind of a kind of a duck move, but uh, regardless, uh, th there is some technicality to it. And uh, yeah, just... the pasture for that at those uh, bathhouses in Japan. At least that's what I hear. <laughs> You've been to Japan. What do you no? What do you heard? Yeah, don't don't give me that. <laughs> Let's uh, the, the, like I say, the end. It was it was academic after a while, but uh, after the ring, he got declared the winner. And here's where things get interesting. Now, after this match, this this crazy. Elvis looking full, storms in the ring and gets right up in Bandit's face. 
And Bandit's first thing, uh, he, whoever this guy was at that point, Bandit drop kicks him. Uh, but when he tries to follow up with a kick to the face, this guy counters, and it becomes a bad day for Bandit. There's slams, DDTs, power bombs. It's just a free for all with this dude. So who is this psycho Elvis impersonator? None other than a, a guy named Roadhouse Roy. And I'm not, I'm not so familiar with Roy, other than knowing that he was in the Sunbelt Wrestling Federation, and uh, those two are bitter rivals. But uh, you've seen him much more than I have. What can you tell us about him? Well, I'll tell you, well, Roadhouse Roy, this was the best part of my uh, best part of my evening. <laughs> I loved every damn minute of this. Yeah, him and the, uh, the band that they had quite a bitter feud over the uh, uh, heavy the Sun Belt uh, Heavyweight Championship uh, back in the day uh, a few years ago. And uh, the, there's no love lost between them. I can guarantee you that. And uh, uh, Roadhouse Roy, he's one double tough individual. He may look uh, you know a little bit gaudy and a little bit cheap out there in his little uh, <clears throat> jumpsuit that he wears, but don't fool yourself. This man's a technician. He can get the job done. And the band that found out. Uh, old Roadhouse, he can do it all. He can brawl. He can wrestle. Oh, wrestle. See? What's the mesothelioma? Uh, like do you suffer from mesothelioma? Then call our law firm. I see so many of those goddamn commercials. It's in my head now. Is Saul doing one of those commercials now? Uh, who knows what the hell Saul's doing? He, 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 Christ, he's making money any way he can. He's got to keep Masato happy. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, he's he's a very tough individual. And uh, if he's if he's here looking for the bandit, I feel bad for the bandit. I don't know what his affiliation is. I don't know if he's uh, got a manager or who who brought him here. But uh, it's going to be bad news for uh, bad news for some people. I can tell you that much. Yeah, he's uh, definitely brought here. He's an independent right now. Uh, so I guess uh, some a lot of the a lot of the managers are looking at him. So they were impressed by his uh, his, his few seconds of fame. Uh, right there, but uh, we'll we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, find out who who he's going to be wrestling for. Well, I guess that's about that wraps that up. Let's go ahead and talk about this upcoming week. We got some good action going on here. Uh, starting things off. <laughs> oh Jesus, that is, I can't. It's hard for me to even say this. The exhibition match between Spooge and Booger Dude. Somebody bring a fucking mop. That. <laughs> That ring is going to be a mess of bodily fluids after we get this thing going. Um, this should be the last match, so you don't have to clean the goddamn <laughs> ring for God's sake. It'd be a better idea. They should have planned this better. Uh, but you got to keep the main event where it is. Uh, aside from that, maybe we'll take a, a long break and have a cleaning hazmat crew come in. But uh, yeah, let's talk about winners here. Booker dude, Booker dude, still, still just not up to up to par. I don't think. I think Spooge. Uh, has, he still has that fire in him. He still wants to lead the the ass clown coven, and uh, I'm looking for a, a, an easy win for him. Yeah, Spooge, he's a, he's one of those high impact type of wrestlers. Uh, he can get the job done. Uh, the booger dude, he's I don't know what to make of this guy. He's just nuts. <laughs> maybe if he took that right paper bag off his head, maybe he'd wrestle better. That's a, give him a shot. Yeah, but uh, I told you I've seen without that bag on. You don't want to see that. He probably sent half the fans of the exits. <laughs> Remember that old, remember that old cartoon, Muddy Man and his dog Yuck. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> you wore the dog. Yeah, there was a reason he wore that thing over his head. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Spooge in this one, and uh, you know, Booger Dude, he's try, try again. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah, <laughs> just make sure you have a cleaning crew ready after that match. Uh, after that's going to be the humiliation match. Now, this is uh, th this is betting on 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 uh, the piranhas. It's it's a rubber duck, of course, versus the piranhas. Uh, normally. You would have the rubber duck going up against two little guys. I think he'd hold his own. But uh, the piranhas, if we've seen time and time again, it doesn't matter what size you are. It doesn't matter. You, you've got to be fast. And none of the big uh, muscular wrestlers are all that fast. You've seen uh, when they go up against each other, it's a nice even match. But when you got two got two little guys who are attacking you like a couple of little pit bulls <laughs> going, uh, the rubber duck. I don't think he really has a chance here. I think this is just basically the the counter the uh, the, the commission uh, setting this up. 
uh, to have him go up against these two little guys and just be humiliated by them uh, with with their typical technique. Uh, I pick the piranhas. Well, we can only hope he's humiliated that son of a bitch. It's all I can tell you. But if I remember correctly, the piranhas didn't they beat? Uh, was it Nigel or Noah Zark? They beat one of the Zark brothers, which mm-hmm. was an incredible feat. Of course, yeah. I could be remembering. That, that, I could be remembering was, wrong because I had taken a lot of shots to the head in my day. But uh, that was <clears> that was Nigel Zark. Yeah, he did. Uh, he tried to hold his own, but he he was just he was too big and too lumbering, and those guys just ate him for lunch. Now I will say this though: I mean, uh, Judge did you know the, the Rubber Ducks' performance in his punishment match. He fared very well against three bigger individuals, although they weren't all in the ring at the same time, which might have made a difference. But uh, you know, I don't like the Rubber Duck, and I don't like those goofy little piranhas either. And he just rubbed me in the wrong way. He did <laughs> little bastards bouncing around. They looked like some kind of trampoline park or something out there. I don't know what the hell think they're doing. But That's how they enter, too. They jump off a trampoline. <laughs> yeah, they're just there. You got that mime who doesn't say much, and you got the other Frenchier. Who's the other asshole? The PVC pipe, kid. PVC pipe up his ass or something. I don't know what the <laughs> hell he does, but I don't know. I, I, uh, I got to pick somebody, but I just got a sneaky suspicion the rubber duck's going to win this match. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm looking forward. I, I'm not looking forward to a duck win, but uh, I wouldn't mind seeing the piranhas taken down a peg. So we'll have to see what I happens. Would like to, I, w- I would like to see the piranhas, like actual piranhas on a duck. You know, just pick his bones <laughs> clean, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, poor duck. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be cruel, putting a duck in a, a piranha-infested lake. Uh, that's, that's, Maybe they just chew off his leg or something. Oh, God, I can't talk about this. I'm an animal lover, too. <laughs> just, Jesus. Uh, let's talk about the women's championship after that. Now, now, this would have been a spot for Lucy Fur. However, uh, they're trying to stick with the alignment thing, uh, going up against Morning Glory Hill. Morning Glory Hill and Lucy Fur are they're kind of friends uh, uh, with with this whole thing. So we're, they're putting Maggie Skookumchuck in. Uh, she is the third in line. So we're going to see her up against uh, Morning Glory Hill. Now, this is interesting. This is uh, a big girl, not not somebody who's, who Morning Glory Hill is, is typically used to going up against. Uh, but she does have the speed factor. <clears throat> Maggie has the size factor. Um, you know what, Morning Glory Hole, she's, she's just been nothing but impressive to me lately. She's she, she was way off her game for a while, and then she came back. I think she's still going to be on track, and uh, I think Morning Glory Hole takes that belt home once again. Well, I'm a little bit, you know, I always sing her praises, but to be quite honest with you, I am a little bit uh, worried about Morning Glory Hole. Uh, as of late, she has been uh, spending a lot of time uh, <clears throat> escorting Chaz to various functions and uh, <laughs> business trips. Well, I wasn't making a joke about that. I'm just saying they've been spending a lot of time together. Well, the, the term escort has a little connotation to it. <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, he's single and he needs someone to go with him to these functions. It, she escorts him. You know, it's not okay. like he's paying her. All right, well, well, I mean, he pays her to wrestle, not to escort him. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm just not so sure that uh, her head is in the game these days. She's kind of got uh, stars in her eyes from being uh, wined and dined. And uh, as much as I sing her praises, uh, you know, old bucket ass, that's a that's a tall, uh, tall order there. It is. So uh, I, I will pick Morning Glory Hole because I do think she's a tremendous champion. But uh, just you heard it here first. CR would not be surprised if uh, Bucket Ass walks away with his belt. And if she does, they're going to have to get her a bigger one because it won't fit her. Well, at least you, you would hope that Morning Glory Hole keeps keeps focused in this match. Because if she does let up her focus, Maggie's going to take, take that right away from her. After that, we got the table match uh, between Roblox, Rachel, and Penny Weiss. Haven't seen either of these two in a while. Uh, table match, like I say, it's a wild card. It's a, it's a gimmick match. They like to throw those in there just to flavor things up a little bit. Uh, Roblox Rachel, I would say, Penny Weiss is taller though. Hmm. Let me think about this for a second. Um, I'm going to go with Penny because with the height advantage, uh, she can get her up higher uh, with the, and then later through that table. If she gets a, a, a table set up in the middle of the ring, she could easily get her in a power bomb position, put her right through it. So I'm going to go by pen, go with Penny, but not by much. 
Yeah, well, Roadblock Rachel puts men through tables in the bar she hangs out with, from what I hear. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. She's she's about as feminine as a jockstrap, if you ask me. <laughs> in fact, I, I don't know. I don't know. Someone should check to see if she's actually got a franks and beans in her pants. She <laughs> might she's maybe she's in the she might be in the wrong. Uh, well, of course, now we can't. Uh, you know, now she identified. Whatever. I'm not getting into that argument. Yeah, you look like, like the East German uh, swim team. <laughs> <That's probably laughs> yeah, like, you know, that might be tucking. What, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, fair and, you know, whatever. I refuse to pick anyone for the West Coast Alliance, so I'm going to root for Pennywise. Hope she wins. Okay, so well, don't have to worry about the huevos. Uh, at least uh, with just regular eggs on the face in English. After that, oh boy, this is a match I've been waiting for. This is a, a rematch of uh, McMadness. It is the Inner Horseman Championship. Snowman's going to get one more shot at Corporal Punishment. And... I'm thinking, I'm honestly thinking Snowman's probably learned a lot from that one. That was a long match. He had a lot, a lot of time to study it. He's, he's reviewed the tapes. He's probably found some sort of weakness. Uh, like you, you say, a chink in the armor. I'm going to go with Snowman. I think Snowman's going to take that title home this time. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I don't know how they can top the last match. Uh, that was that, that might be match of the year, for God's sake. It was just a, a intense match, a brutal match. Uh, corporal punishment time and time again, breaking out of that snow cone before he would was able to come away with a victory and you know i just they're such these these men are just the, it, when it comes to intensity they're they're even mm-hmm. uh i think the only other person that may be as intense as these two or is is fuzz pigment uh on his on his best days he's he's an extremely intense uh competitor and uh you know for me i don't know this is this is a tough one because the corporal was is such a, a tremendous proud wrestler but then again the snowman is as well and I think this is going to be a tremendous match. I, I don't think it's going to go as long as the one at the pay-per-view. Uh, and I have to, as much as I hate to do it, I hate to uh, have to agree with you. I think the snowman gets his belt back. I think he's on a mission for redemption. That's right. And uh, with that, that's going to be a hell of a show. Be sure to join us on Friday as we normally have at 10 o'clock PM Eastern. Uh, you can join us there at hwarules.com. Uh, that'll take you to the YouTube page, or you can, if you subscribe, you got to subscribe because if you have YouTube on your, uh, your Roku or your, your Apple or Apple TV, whatever it is, uh, definitely subscribe and it'll show up there much easier for you. <clears throat> but, uh, you all, I'm also- gonna say, all I'm going to say about, all I'm going to say about that match is if the snowman does in fact win, I would love to see the snowman face the steel Sultan in a submission match. Ooh. I think that would be a tremendous match. Yeah. Cause he's right up there in the, in the rankings. So he very well could be a next in line, uh, for that inner horseman title. Who's got the, uh, oh, Maxi pad has the other right now. So uh, I'm not sure who's going to be uh, still someone's going to be facing somebody real quick for a belt in his position. So we'll have to we'll keep you updated. I uh, always keep you updated weekly here on uh, anchor.fm slash HWA rules. Be sure to subscribe to us also uh, through your favorite pod catcher. And with that, like I say, it's uh it's been a hell of a week. It's going to be a new a great week coming up here on Friday and uh, things building up to wrestler. There's a horse horseman mania is going to be this uh, July 4th. Uh, just about a month away. Should be a hell of a show there. So with that, uh, let's see. You got uh, any closing words there? No, I just think it's going to be a tremendous uh, tremendous event Friday. Uh, I'm looking forward to that Inner Horseman Championship. And uh, may the best man win. Let's just keep it clean. Hopefully, uh, Joe and uh, Chaz let the boys play. Yeah, they will. And uh, I'm sure uh, Rue will take a, take a seat back seat, too, and let whatever happens, happens. So with that, we thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Later. <laughs>